0: Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Gibbon, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go hello beautiful medical moms welcome to the podcast um today i had something else planned but with everything that has happened uh in america in texas i couldn't in good conscience, keep posting about things that weren't really somewhat relevant and um so today i want to talk about what to do in terms of your thoughts and your feelings when shitty things happen. Um, If you're not in America, last week an 18-year-old bought an AR-15, which is a semi-automatic rifle. It's a military-grade weapon, and they brought it to a local elementary school and murdered 19 children and two teachers. And this tragedy has shaken me up, and so many of us are wondering... How do we cope? How do we move forward, but also not forget about it and do nothing at all? So I want to help answer that question for you, but from a life coaching perspective and remind you how to use the tools that I've talked about on the podcast appropriately. Um, As a life coach who who helps women With their mindset, sometimes these tools can be misused to make ourselves either become apathetic or maybe force ourselves to feel better about a tragedy. So, I just want to clarify that the tools I teach are not used to make yourself feel less. Like, it's not intended to make yourself feel better about horrible things that happen in the world, it's actually the opposite. I want coaching and thought work to be used to help you process those feelings and to hold space for those feelings. And you should feel upset when something in your life happens that is bad or wrong. Coaching isn't there to make you feel an emotion that would be inappropriate to feel. It would be inappropriate to feel happy about a tragic event like a school shooting. What coaching can give you is the emotional safety to experience your emotions, to feel deeply without judgment. So this means you allow yourself to react to tragedy and not tell yourself that you're being dramatic or over the top or you need to get yourself together because you're just a blubbering mess Especially as women, we are socialized to deny our emotions or to look at our emotions as like somewhat crazy, right? Like dramatic, um, that we just feel too much, that we're overly sensitive. These messages we get as women tell ourselves to question our feelings. And then when we are having a reaction, an emotional reaction to something like this, we start to question, "Is this what's appropriate? Is this and when we think appropriate, we think like intellectual. We think that there is like a mature response, and the mature response is to be put together and logical and to basically push down our feelings because we think of our feelings as less intelligent or less appropriate and Men also get the same messaging, um, but because they are seen as more intelligent and more logical and less emotional, they also learn to push down their emotions because men have just as many emotions as women. It's a lie that they don't, but we've been socialized as a community to to see emotions as not valuable and it's just all bullshit because it's really based in sexism and not even in logic because emotions are a documented part of being a human. Like this is something that's studied and mental health is not just a woman thing. It's a human being thing. So we really have to start questioning and recognizing when we are um, judging ourselves based off of learned, socialized, made up bullshit, right? Like this is really where coaching really is helpful to unlearn those things. And so the first thing I want to share with you and remind you that if you were upset, and you couldn't work, or you were distracted and unfocused because of the events, or you just felt really hopeless and sad about the state of our country, or the world, there is nothing wrong with that how you reacted was not wrong. I cried a lot. I kept thinking of my kids who I plan I plan on sending all 3 of them to school in the fall, and I just kept thinking about their experience and what it would be like for them. And then I remembered that Gray, my oldest daughter who's 7, had told me offhandedly about active shooter drills that she did at school, and it was like so shocking because I was shocked when she told me that a few months ago, but I was also shocked that, like, oh, this is not just um, pretend, right? This is real. They do fire drills and they do active shooter drills, and it's more likely that they're actually going to have a shooter drill than a fire, it seems, these days. And I don't see that as a weakness that I cried. I don't see that I felt hopeless as a weakness. I was empathizing with people. I had sympathy for my daughter and I felt worried about the safety of our world. These are all normal and appropriate reactions and I just want to really emphasize that to you that if you judged yourself for feeling out of control or feeling dramatic there's nothing wrong with you. Let's just drop the judgment that we all were collectively mourning An immense amount of loss and it's a very traumatic thing to witness and it's important for us to hold space for our feelings and at the same time i also knew that i wanted to still believe and hope have hope for our country that one day we won't have to deal with something like this like I have this vision of what I want our country to be. Um, And that starts with safety for our kids, which is like a bare minimum. And as medical moms, we also know what it's like to hold that hope and fear at the same time. And I've talked about this in the past on the podcast and on Instagram. But it's about allowing yourself to make space. Like your, your emotions don't have to compete. You don't have to say, fear wins this round, right? I know a lot of people like the phrase faith over fear. Um, And I understand the sentiment is to not let fear be in charge. But if we don't see our emotions as competing, we don't have to pick and choose over which one we just can say, yeah, there's space for all of them, right? We can acknowledge and then we can hone in on what's helpful. But I want you to see that there's no competition between your feelings. You don't have to say like oh, this is the right one, so I have to force myself to feel this or be ashamed that I'm feeling something else like fear. There's no shame in your emotions. We just don't have to force them to compete. There is space for it all. And as human beings, it's a skill to hold those two opposing things at once. There it's a skill to be able to create that safety for yourself. And so that's what these coaching tools can do for you is build that skill, build that muscle so that you are processing and holding your hope and your fear at the same time. As human beings, when we are able to flex this muscle, flex this skill, you, this is what's going to allow you to create that future that you want your children to live in. That's why so many of us are so passionate about creating a future without the diseases our children struggle with. And I know personally that I have come to the conclusion and accepted that a lot of the advancements that I'm seeing either getting FDA funding or even in the very very um small stages of advancements maybe won't even impact sola at all. Maybe the funding that I donate to or Um, raise money for or create awareness around won't help her, but help the next generation. And so sometimes it's not about us in the sense of right now, but it's about that future that we can create, that the future people will benefit from. And that's why I want to reiterate that it's okay to be upset and triggered and angry about the state of our world, our reactions are not wrong. You should be outraged by things that go against your own ethics and morality. Um, in coaching on this podcast, last week, I taught a tool where we neutralized things. When we think about urgency, um, I said that those things like milestones and g-tubes and walking and eating are neutral and your circumstances are neutral. I often say that. um, And this isn't to make you believe things should be neutral all the time. I don't want you to walk around in the world thinking, oh, that car accident is neutral and I'm a neutral person and everything is neutral and nothing matters. That's not what the tool is for. (laughs) It's intended to use for specific purposes at specific times, not for you to be like nothing matters and there's no value in anything. It's a tool to use to gain awareness about what you're thinking already about a specific circumstance and to question how you want to think going forward. Most of the time we are unaware of what we are thinking and so we need to pause and question Is this something that I am giving a specific value to or a meaning to that I don't have to, right? Like a G tube for Zola. I needed to make it neutral before I could accept it and say, yeah, this is actually a good, helpful thing for my daughter, and it's still annoying, right? Neutral doesn't mean good or bad, it just means it's neutral, it just exists. So it's recognizing the existent without any meaning attached to it, but it's not again, so that I go around in the world thinking that nothing matters and everything is neutral. That in and of itself is unnecessary, and that's not helpful. The tool is supposed to be helpful for you. And I even had a client ask about this because I teach it you know privately as well, in my one-on-one clients, and um, so when we think about this tool. Is this neutral circumstance? Could we put a school shooting into neutrality? Yes, we could. But I don't think that's work worth doing. I don't think that's worth our energy or time. And the reason why that neutral tool is helpful because it not only allows us to understand our own thinking, but also other people's perspectives as well. And there are people that while they don't agree with the horrific uh, murders of those children, still think that this is not a reason to change any laws regarding gun reform or gun control. And I'd like to think of this tool sometimes as the same way if you've ever taken a debate class um, where, or something like, kind of like similar class where you have to present arguments. Oftentimes the teacher will ask, I went through this experience myself where like the teacher was like, okay, what side do you wanna be on? And then you would raise your hand and then they'd say, okay, you're on the opposite side because it's a cognitive exercise to force yourself to see it from a different perspective, to argue it so well, to know the other person's argument so well that you could defend their argument, even if you don't agree. And to me, this is the idea of neutrality, that we can see it from different perspectives so we can understand and create actual solutions, to know what they're thinking, to get into that other mindset, not to manipulate people and not to like be mean, but to understand. Because if we don't understand each other, we're not going to be able to live with each other. In order to create a peaceful world, we have to be able to understand a differing perspective than us so that we can create legitimate solutions of creating a cohesive and viable community. And so what I think is more helpful to use this tool for is to be able to help ourselves to be who we want to be and create the future we want to create. Like having a really hard conversation with someone who believes completely opposite of you, right? That's neutral and that is actually something that you could be helpful with. Um, Disagreeing with someone is neutral. And sometimes some of us grew up in families where disagreement meant disrespect, but that is a thought and that's not true. And that's something that you could work on and Think about how do you want to think about disagreements? How do you want to think about um, hard conversations, awkward conversations with Uncle Joe and Aunt Sally, right? Like those are the things that you could use coaching on that will actually help you be who you want to be and create change in your community or in your family. Posting about things on Facebook and Instagram is neutral. Your Uncle Joe's comments on said Instagram or Facebook is neutral, right? That is actually helpful because then that helps you become a much more emotionally responsible so that you are not allowing Uncle Joe's comments to cause you to feel a certain way. You can actually have conversation with them if it's appropriate and helpful for you. The conspiracy theories that I got in my DMs when I've shared about it on on Instagram, that was neutral. And even though I still have a human brain, I was nervous to post about things that are somewhat controversial, but I knew that wasn't a problem, right? I knew that it was just my reaction because I'm still afraid occasionally of what people think about me. And I even let myself think like, what's the worst that could happen? Um, I get completely unfollowed on Instagram and all my clients drop me because they disagree. And I was like, you know what? If that's the worst thing that can happen for me posting about something that I truthfully believe is awful, then so be it. I'm not going to be the kind of person that seeks money over clients or followers over my morality. And I've only been able to own that because of the coaching tools, because I can see things as neutral, right? So another thing that I think is helpful is being able to be local or actively, um, being active in your local community, being able to call senators. Phone calls are hard. Emails are hard sometimes. Asking people to push for the things that you believe in. That's the person I want to be. And I've had to use coaching tools to be able to become her. New- using this tool, I don't want you to use this tool to make light of horrible things. It's not making a bad thing good. That's not what neutral means. It means it doesn't have any value at all, meaning at all. But this tool can give us the ability to also not dehumanize the people who disagree with us, which I think is a really important part of this conversation as well. We can't see people as thems. We can't see um, people as the others. If we other people too much, we dehumanize them. And if we dehumanize them, we don't see their opinions as valuable. We see them as beneath us. We disregard their impact on the world. We disregard their vote, their ability to make change. And we lose valuable ground to have conversations where we can make a difference in our lives and in our communities and be able to coexist Because the reality is we're always going to be coexisting with people who disagree with us on some level. And maybe it's not as serious as gun reform, but it is important in our day-to-day lives to be able to create peace within ourselves and within our communities. And it really starts with seeing people as people and not dehumanizing them. Even when we vehemently disagree with them, even when we think their actions are abhorrent, It's important to understand so we can prevent horrific things from happening. So we can stop laws that make no sense. And again, it gives us the ability to take that responsibility of our emotions, of our feelings for ourselves in the most empowering way possible. And this includes being outraged on purpose. I... I'm not outraged by default. I want to be angry. I don't want this to be neutral. I don't want to think that racism or sexism or any other horrible things that exist in our society as good things. And I will acknowledge that they're real and I will speak out about them. And I'll use coaching to help support my values in the world, not to make me question them, but to create the world that I want to live to use the space I hold for myself, to feel deeply, to grieve and mourn because I value compassion and empathy. And that's what those feelings are signs of. And I'm going to use the thought work to work towards creating the future I want my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren to exist in. So in summary, I want you to know three things when shitty things happen. One, I want you to feel those feelings of yours without any shame. There's nothing wrong with you. Don't judge yourself. And if you notice those creeping thoughts like, gosh, what are your kids thinking? Don't cry in front of them or get yourself together. You're being so dramatic. They're not even your kids. You don't even live nearby. Nothing's going to happen. You're safe. All of those are just judgments. It's really sneaky. It feels helpful, but it's not. It's judging you for having emotions. So I want you to tell yourself, you are fine. Nothing is wrong with you. You're allowed to experience the emotion you're having. You did not respond poorly. You responded appropriately. You're not supposed to be a robot. Number two, don't use coaching tools against yourself. Use them to help you to be who you want to be and implement the morals and values that you have. What is important to you? And how do you show up that way? That's what really matters. That's what the whole point is. That's what's empowering. Use the tools to do challenging things like making phone calls and having hard conversations with family members, not to be argumentative, but to understand, to help create change in the world. And number three, what you do matters. You matter, and your voice matters, and your actions matter, and your thoughts and beliefs matter. Sometimes, because of how big these circumstances feel, it will often feel like we don't really matter, that we can't actually create any differences in the world. But that is just not true. It's a lie. That your brain wants to tell you that maybe society has told you that trauma has told you but i promise you that you really do matter and you can make a difference one person can make such a difference in the world because not because you have so much power or authority but because you know at least five different people and your impact on five different people creates a um ripple effect throughout your community throughout the world, through online, and that does actually make a difference. I know this because as a child, when I was a homeless teenager, one person offered me, I mean a couple, they were like married people, but (laughs) they offered me a place to live. And one person said, yeah, we have an extra bedroom for you to live in, so would you like to stay with us? That was life-changing for me. I posted on Instagram about Zola's heart defect and one person started following me and then a second person started following me and then a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and so on and so forth. One person at a time started creating a following of 20,000 on Instagram. And I know not all, all of them follow me for coaching, but... The point is, is that I've had many, many women be able to find me because other people are already following me and they've messaged me and said, hey, thank you for sharing this post. I really needed to read this. And that makes a difference because of just me sharing my thoughts. So I just want to know, I want you to know how important you are and how valuable you are. And I'm really grateful that you exist because I know you're making a difference in the lives of your family and in the lives of your community. If you have questions about coaching or anything I've said on the podcast today or any episodes in the past, I want you to come join me in our podcast Facebook group. It's a secret group that I'm not sharing anywhere else except on the podcast. So you can search Um, Mindset for Medical Moms podcast group. It's really long, but it's there. Or you can click the link in the show notes um, on the podcast app and this description. Um, Please come to me and talk to me. Give me your thoughts or questions about um, anything I've shared here. And lastly, but certainly not least, you still have time to sign up for the hospital recovery protocol workshop. I'm going to share the protocol in which you can use to implement to help yourself recover from hospital stays, as well as why and what will stop you from implementing the tools. So that is also, there's a link to register for that, as well as over on Instagram. I have a link in my bio for that as well. Um, I hope to see you there. It's on Wednesday, June 1st. And if you can't make it to the live Um, call I highly recommend you be there for live but I'll also be recording it and sending that out a few days afterwards so you can watch it separately Um, I think that's all for today I hope you all have a great week and take care of your emotions Um, I love you all so much bye-bye Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Medical motherhood doesn't come with a manual, but I've created the next best thing. My one-on-one coaching program offers all the support and strategies you need to handle all the things that come up for us medical moms. Click the link in the show notes to schedule your free consultation to see how coaching can help you take everything from the podcast to the next level. You'll get free coaching and I'll take great care of you. I'll see you there.